This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. How are you doing there? It is David from the David McWilliams podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. We're all following the government's advice right now. We're staying in. It's a little bit cocooning, but it's all working So while you're staying at home, here's a recommendation of another great podcast. It's the Blind Boy podcast. He's an old mate. He's a great skin. He has extraordinarily interesting views of the world. Check it out. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm sure everyone is talking about, or perhaps nobody at all, everything is black and white, and everything about Newcastle United. Uh, joining myself, Neil Cameron, is our Barmington expert, Andrew Fowler, and Lee Ryder as well. Barmington, does that float your boat, Lee? No, no yeah, good man, yeah, it's just not a proper sport, is it not? We won't touch that today, but it's I think it's worth... It's a young man's game, I guess. Is that what it is? Okay, it. okay. <laughs> what does float your boat, though, Mr Ryder? Newcastle United, after a little bit of a stumble, back at home tomorrow against the league leaders, Chelsea, and let's be honest, the team who's probably going to win the league. Uh, For me, the best team I've seen in English football for a long, long time. We'll go into what Newcastle are going to do in terms of getting points off them tomorrow, but just in terms of 52,000 people at St James's Park against a team with genuine world-class players, live on the telly, blah, blah, blah. I don't know about you, but I'm going to my bed tonight, an excited little guy, because it's going to be great fun tomorrow. Well, it's going to be an interesting game. Um, you know, some Newcastle fans might have a few nightmares if uh, Chelsea, <laughs> if they start thinking about what damage Chelsea could do. But you know, Newcastle have been pretty resilient in most games, haven't conceded too many goals uh, at St James's in, in recent times. So they'll be needing all that resilience again uh, against Chelsea, who you know, let's be fair, Diego Costa. Can probably win the game all by himself, uh, and that's just one player we're talking about. So, yeah. but I hope Newcastle can, you know, roll their sleeves up, give it a go, and um, with the crowd behind them, then you know, maybe pull off a, a special result. I mean, they go for three in a row. There's not many teams go for three wins that will be they're all at home, but there's not yeah. many teams that will boast that record. I'm not saying there's a hoodoo because I don't believe in things like that. But it has shown that Newcastle, in the past, and the not too distant past, are good enough to beat Chelsea. Simple as that. Yeah, and then, I mean, obviously they beat you know a good Liverpool team. Uh, you saying that because there's a <laughs> Liverpool supporter on the other side of this broom yeah, cupboard at yeah, the moment with his head down. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if he'll be named. He might get named by the end of the thing. Yeah, staying quiet. Yeah, he's staying quiet. Uh, so for me, you know, everyone was ranting raving about Liverpool not that long ago. You know, until Gerrard slipped on his backside mm. against Chelsea. Funny enough. I'm not getting that in deliberately just because he's there. But but while you know, for me it's it's you can really put your name up in lights if you beat Chelsea and become the first team. Or even draw with them, let's be honest. Draw be celebrated like a win as yeah. far as I'm concerned. I mean the man for me, Andy, is Eden Hazard. I think this lad 
is absolutely world class. I, I remember watching him for Leo and thinking, who is this kid? Yeah. Who is this kid? And it's two and a bit years he's been in the Premier League now, I think. And every, I mean, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Chelsea live, but when you look at the man by man markings in the in the newspaper, which we hate doing, but everyone loves reading, it's eight and nine out of ten every week. He, he's something special, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And I think you, you mentioned briefly Diego Costa. Well, actually. I'm not so much worried about him. It is his hazard that that really does. I would worry about Diego Costa as well. I, w- I would, <laughs> but not as much as I, I, if you give me a choice of who would you rather face, it'd be it'd be Costa over Hazard. Only only because that I says a little bit Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying you could man mark. No, I'm, 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 I'm not. I'm not. He could beat with badminton. Maybe. I tell you what, I couldn't man mark either of you two. So let alone uh, yeah. let alone Costa. But I think what Costa, what you can play him in front of you, and uh, you can hopefully crowd him out. My problem with Hazard is that he fills those gaps. It's a similar thing with uh, with Fabregas. They play in those lines and I think they're they're so clever. Uh, they're, they're sort of their football IQ is so high that actually they're just going to play in gaps. You, they, they're just going to be a, a ghost around the back four all the time, constantly moving outside, inside, coming in. And actually Hazard is... He's got well, If he's not the most exciting player in the Premier League, he's got to be up there in either the top two or three. Yeah. Um, and he's shown in the last couple of years why he's been talked of in the in the realms of the likes of Messi, Ronaldo. He's up there as one of the best players in the world, and he's grown. Not he's not that big a man, but he's grown in the Premier League in the last couple of years. And actually, he's taking that Chelsea team now with those other pieces, the Costas, the Fabregas's, to sort of new heights. Lee, when Newcastle's success this season and indeed last season as well against an inverted commas the better teams the big clubs which Newcastle are as well but you know what I mean they tend to I wouldn't say they play defensively but they're more than happy to let the game be played in front of them they'll be happy enough to let Chelsea have plenty of the ball tomorrow Mm. and they pick and choose their moments if possible when they make their attacks Rather than just just going for it or indeed just sitting deep, would you agree with that? They'll they'll be happy to have forty percent of possession and hopefully, if that, or, or hope and hopefully take their opportunities when and if they come along. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, that's what's happening in some of the games recently. They've been happy to let the opposition have have the ball. Uh, I did put uh, on at half time of the West Ham game. I put a tweet out saying that Newcastle bossed possession. Uh, but it was lost on some people. Newcastle had 55, yeah. West Ham had 45, and then I got a trail of people going, no, I wouldn't call that boss net. But yeah. really, what yeah. I was saying was, Newcastle have had more of the ball in this game yeah. compared to other games. Uh, now, if Newcastle get a half-time at 0-0, I, I think, and they're shooting to the Gallagher second half, downhill, mm. crowd behind them, I think they would take that position. It's pretty much what they did last year, if you if you remember. Yeah. goalless at the break. Two late goals took the chances they got got Chelsea just where they want them got a great win and, and you know we'd all take that um, tomorrow but definitely get get half time level frustration setting in for Chelsea and then hopefully have that little period where you can you can pick them off that started their run last year didn't it that way because yeah. we just um, it just came after the derby I think I'm right in saying they beat Chelsea who were second whatever in the league 2 nothing, and then they were on that incredible run Again, back to the point, a win or a draw, a positive result could really kickstart things again. I wouldn't be too worried about a couple of iffy performances because Burnley turned the corner a little bit and West Ham are playing well. Let's be honest, Pardew's had an injury list longer than a Radiohead album song, hasn't they? You know, and some players are back and coming back. Mm. But if they can get something, you know, that would just give them a little kick. I genuinely believe that. Yeah, I mean, you know, if they... 
tell you what, if you, if you get to if you get to a result, then I'm sure you'll have a glass of champagne, which would probably be as long as a champagne supernova. <laughs> oh. If you're on about, if you want to bring long trust in the yeah. Right. <laughs> but what I'll say is, though, I just, I think you know, behind the scenes, if you were Neil to go into a to a room and have a, a quiet drink with, with Alan Pardew uh, after the game and his team play well and lose, I still think he'd be happy with that. Yeah. They lost yeah. one or two nil. They make a good account themselves. Uh, I think he, he secretly he'd be happy with that. Obviously, it's a results business, so we're all going for the win, but. You know, Fair I think a good yep. performance is, is, is necessary. I think you're bang on. Andy, Jose Mourinho, what is mm. your what's your thoughts on the ball, Jose? Yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm a fan. I, the, I, I could just tell the, that well, you're a fan. The theatre of it, the drama, the but he, he just he, he gets he gets out of it what you, what you want in a manager. But also, I like, I think he sometimes does what I think Pardew sometimes tries to do for Newcastle a little bit. And what I mean by that is, he tries to be a little bit of the showman, or he takes the track a little bit of the heat away from the team. He does do that. I'll give him that. And I think that yeah, it's ballsy because if you do it and you do it well, you're nearly right. You're. Uh... <laughs> well, he's, I think he's done it today, hasn't he? In his press comments by by so it... just cut you off. No, 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 that's, no, that's what, by all means. That's what these things are. Remind of what, what what did Jose Mourinho say about Alan Pardew in Newcastle United well, today? In a nutshell, he said that other teams lift the game. Just because they're playing Chelsea and Newcastle, play have played other games, you know, not against the likes of Chelsea yeah. as friendly games. So I think he's he's on the wind up there, isn't he? Is yeah, that he is. is that not disrespectful? I don't mind the wind up. We sit for hours in the office. Essentially, all we do is wind each other up. But is that not disrespectful? It is a little bit, but I think he's maybe trying to rile the crowd so the crowd maybe then get on Newcastle's back. And he'll take, you know, this is the guy who ran out into the centre circle at the New Camp. And taunted all the Barcelona fans when he was at Inter Milan. So, hey, uh, we know what he's what he's like and what he's all about. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know what? Though? I mean, do, it's not like he's just doing this against Newcastle. He would do this whether you, whoever, you do it up and down the league. And actually, I don't mind. He, he's a guy that that lives and breathes the club he's at, and he will fight for them tooth and nail. And he doesn't care who he annoys. And actually, I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind that if he gets one more win than any other team or if he wins the league by a point or whatever it is and he, and that's partly because of his I don't know his tactics or his mind games or whatever yeah go for it you know if you if you win and get away with it it's it's fine the problem is if you do it and you don't win or you, you just come across you, you know you've got that attitude and you know that's why some people don't like I can't stand him no I don't, I, don't, I really can't stand him I think he I think I mean, he's always a very fine manager his career has arguably gone better than my own that, that's sad that's debatable <laughs> Um, this has nothing to do with the fact his players cheated and died and rolled about in the 2003 UEFA Cup final against Celtic, a match I worked at. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. 
and another life. And they did, incidentally. They were a better team than Celtic, but his team were sent out to time waste. And I've never really forgiven him for forgotten that. I just think, if you look at his career, he inherited a team at Chelsea where the, 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 the spine was already there. Terry was already there. Lampard was already there. He's walked into this team and he has geniusly bought Diego Costa, the best striker in Europe last year, and says Fabregas. Well, where's the cleverness in that? <laughs> if if you were put in, just say somebody was given a job that we absolutely couldn't do, and you were put into the Chelsea job with a hundred million quid, I reckon you'd be able to work out that Fabregas and Costa might bring something to your squad. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's, it's almost like saying if if you put one of us up front. Playing for uh, Chelsea or Man United, we would get at least two goals a season. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I see where you're coming from. I think he has got that X factor in terms of the press or all room. But he's not the only Chelsea manager to win something. He hasn't won the Champions League, and that's uh, what that's what he was there first time for. And it's why he's here yeah. this time, incidentally. Roberto Di Matteo won it, and I, I think he, he got branded uh, a guy sitting on the bench while Chelsea won the thing like that the other week. It was it was. It was quite, quite a cruel taunt, I thought. From, it's also wrong. From Jose. Yeah, I mean, if you win it, you're the manager, you win it. Simple as that. Yeah. So, I think, yeah, I see what you're saying. He does win He does win trophies. He's done a great job wherever he's been. He's, he's won stuff, hasn't he, I think? Uh, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so, I mean, you know, he's proven. Yeah. We'll give him that. He's a proven manager. Yeah, he's a proven... It's he's a, a, he's, a, he's, a league one, he's a league one proven manager. <laughs> Talking about managers, Alan Pardew, Newcastle United manager, four years on Tuesday... You were, you would have been at his press conference, Lee. I've got a funny story about that. I actually wasn't. You what? 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 That's right. You were on holiday, weren't you? I was on holiday. I was... That shows the lack of professionalism <laughs> that has dogged you yeah. through your career. You no, know, it's a funny thing in, in in football that you know we try to work around games. So I took a holiday in the in the middle of the week to try and be more convenient. Uh, only problem was it was in the middle of the week where Christian got <laughs> sacked. Um, but I did send some copy from Prague. Ah, uh, see, it was uh, it was a lovely, uh, you know, to take in the, all the sights of the the Danube and the Charles Bridge, and uh, and then file a bit on what a great guy Chris Hutton was and who was this Pardew <laughs> guy coming in. But four years later, here we are, and he's, he's done a decent job. Our, our columnist Mick Quinn, Andrew, I'll come at you in a second about this, but just Mick Quinn, our fine, fine columnist actually, and, and uh, damn nice fella. Said a great throwaway line, but it made me laugh. Arguably, his greatest achievement has still been in a job after four years. It didn't mean he wasn't damning with faint praise. It just it's only Arsene Wenger that's hung about that long, and I think he's the fourth longest-serving manager in the ninety-two senior clubs. Mm. For that alone, it's an astonishing statistic. Does he deserve praise for the fact that he's survived so long? It's not all been low. I mean, there's been plenty highs, and it has been a roller coaster, etc., etc. But he's managed to come through it with just about a sanity, I would hope, intact. You know what? I think years and years ago when you looked at the, the 92 clubs and th- there was a lot of long-serving managers. Mm. I certainly remember working at Scunthorpe and Brian Laws was, was one of the longest-serving and we'd done interviews with Fergie and, and, and Dario Grady, a couple of the others. And there was a long list of people. I think there was about seven that over the 92 that had been there longer than Brian Laws at that time so it was like kind of top eight um, I think the world's changed a little bit I think people are less patient with life everyone's got iPads now you want you know you want what the result almost you know, the immediacy of things yeah, is it? and if it doesn't happen right away you make exactly, a change you know, yeah. everyone's got a, you know if you want to know something now you're on Google on your phone you, you don't go to libraries anymore everyone wants 
you know, people are dating on, on phones and everything like that. It's, it's... We don't want to hear about your personal yeah. life. If you've got a message, yeah. you, should, you should be revealing I know, that. I know, I shouldn't have revealed that online. <laughs> but, uh, but what I'm saying is everyone wants it now. And I think the same applies to managers. And really, Pardew's here four years. It's almost outdated that Newcastle have gone uh, without changing managers because I've definitely uh, worked with it. Yeah, I mean, I I think I've wrote a piece that's going to go online and in a newspaper tomorrow. You lucky, lucky people! And after Sir Bobby got the sack, I think it's eight people were managers in Newcastle United. Now some were temporary and very, very short. Mm-hmm. But Andrew, that's an incredible, isn't it? That's ten years. He's the ninth guy. Again, some were just in for a game or two. So yeah, no, so no. but still, the fact that since Sir Bobby was just a touch short of five years. Alan Pardew's four years. In many ways, there's no way he should have reached this land, no. just because of the club he was at well, and the environment he works in. I, th- I think you're right. The thing from 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 Mick was an ap- a, a cracking point. That he's, it is, and, and you say, you know, it's it's amazing the fact that he's lasted four years. It's amazing he's lasted the last six months, let alone yeah. that. at the end of last season. He's been a bookie's favourite to be sacked once or twice over the last two years, or second favourite, whatever it's been. And he's come through, whether that's pure stubbornness, whether that's results, you know, he, he's, he's hung around and... I actually think you know what I think he's done an all right job. I don't. I thought at the end of last year, and I thought at the start of this year, I did. I'll be honest. I thought, do you know what? It's it's time to you know let's let's change this now. But he's turned it around. He, he's done a good job. And actually, you can you know, remember seeing a, a famous football writer swimming the tide after saying if Mike actually gave him a, a, a long a long term deal. Well, he did do that. He put his faith in him. It's actually it is quite refreshing to see. It's just the fact that actually. Chris Hewton's such a nice guy, such a, a likable guy in, in the northeast. Everyone says, you know, who who who's this guy coming in? This, this you know, this manager from from down south. Well, he's come up and he's done an he's done an all right job. Uh, I I don't I don't mind it, but uh, yeah, I think lots of the thing lots of people we really really don't like him, uh, and I think that I've always said that's unfair. I don't we have been critical of him. I think when he has good players, he looks a good manager. Mm-hmm. It's when. The squad is a bit down, or when he hasn't been backed by the board, that is when he struggled, and most people would. You know, it's, it's a funny. He's a funny one to gauge, isn't he? Over four mm. years, and I think he would admit that himself. To be fair, I can. Well, let's look at the results. Um, he won sixty nine. He's lost sixty nine. He's drew forty one of all his games. Mm. So, is that six out of ten? Six out. Of 10. You know, there was in it for all. There's been what we've done this week is. Uh, Things have been balanced. Funny that, isn't it? The newspaper being balanced. Uh, yeah, we'll never but, catch on. Exactly. Um, and uh, basically, we've had, you know, Peter Lovins Kranz has come out and gave a great insight today on what he's out to work with. Um, there's obviously been, I think, Graham Sunis has come out, Alan Shearer's come out and gave him credit where it's due. Um, obviously, it's been up and down. One article I seen was um, Pardew's record since he finished fifth. Mm-hmm. Not so good. Yeah. Um, so mitigating circumstances. I'm not been exactly. an apolog- apologiser for him, but there are mitigating circumstances. We, we covered all the transfer windows that not enough happened, you know, and yeah. I think that you've always got to have that as a caveat when you're talking about the man. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting, though, because you talk about uh, his stats, you know, you give us some stats, and you talk about his, his win record. So it's close to 40% is, is his, his win record. All right. The Newcastle, just below that, the Newcastle managers in total um, average, I think it's 41%, maybe just a tad... Higher than that, you do love a stat. I do, like, yeah, yeah, I do like them. Yeah, there you go. Um, but he's, he's he's about right. This is uh, all, all managers that's you know, including the Sir Bobbies and all the ones that can have. He's done. 
he's done about right. If you know, on on his own, there are some that have done better than him. Less time, there are some that have done worse than him. But actually, he's he's done all right in the time that he's been in. Needs to win something though. This yes. football club needs to win something, and we've got a game against Tottenham Hotspur coming up in ten days, eleven, twelve, whatever. We'll talk about that later on. Just before we leave you here, which I'm sure you've been fascinated with every syllable that's come out of our mouths, as I always try to do on a Friday, Lee. Your betting this week has been outstanding. I had a coupon up on Tuesday night. We're bound to get this right. Mortgage. I know a man of your means probably doesn't have a mortgage being able to pay it off. But if you had one... legally binding? Prediction for for tomorrow. Uh, I think it's going to be another tight one. I think Newcastle will try, as I say, to get it in their middle half time. And I'm going to push the boat out and I'm going to say 1-0 to Newcastle. Go on. On you go. Nah, yeah, I, I actually think there's, I've looked at it, 6-1 like six, six to one for Newcastle to win. 12-1, um, Jose Perez to score any time and Newcastle win. I'm, yeah, I quite like that. I'm, Not I'm, that we're advocating betting. No, I would course. like to say that right, right away. Gambling is a, is a social disease. Yeah, responsibly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be looking at New, New, Newcastle win. Oh, good. Yeah, are you mad, Chelsea 4 0? Of course it's going to be. <laughs> no, I actually I wrote a piece at the start of the week saying I think they'll get something out of it. I maintain that. I take a one each or two each. I'm sure that. I, just for some reason, I think Newcastle are going to get something out of well, it. Well, I'll tell you another reason as well that since the scoreboard went up, um, they haven't conceded a goal. So there hasn't been a visitor's. No visitor oh, to like Park has, I like that. has had uh, a goal in their column yet. So. Three wins, or 1-0, I believe. So Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you love this information, <laughs> this kind of life skills thing that we do every so I'll often. stick that scoreboard gun at the start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for joining us. And if you're going to the game tomorrow and you're listening, uh, enjoy it. It's going to be fantastic. Thank you for listening. Thank you. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.